This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, my name is Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast to get the inside track on the team standing in Liverpool's way of making the Champions League final for the second season running. Sam Marsden is the Barcelona correspondent for ESPN and if you listen to the podcast we did with him in March about Philip Coutinho's time at the new camp since choosing to leave Liverpool, then you will know he certainly knows his stuff. And I had the pleasure of catching up with Sam again before he attended the press conferences at Barcelona's training ground on Tuesday night. Ernesto Valverde's side secured their eighth La Liga title in 11 years at the weekend and Sam explains why it was crucial they wrapped it up before these games with Liverpool in their pursuit of what has become the holy grail for Lionel Messi his teammates and the Barcelona fans as you can imagine there's plenty more on arguably the greatest player ever to play the game plus the Reds' reunion with Coutinho and Luis Suarez Sam also speaks about the real respect Barcelona have for Liverpool and why they have been taking inspiration from Manchester City and their former manager Pep Guardiola in the lead up to Wednesday's first leg Hope you enjoy our chat and we'll be back after the match with the post-game podcast. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, hi Sam, thank you very much for joining me just ahead of Barcelona's press conference to talk Wednesday's massive match with, uh, with Liverpool in the Champions League semi-final first leg. Sounds like the atmosphere is really building there already. Hi Paul, yeah, um, pleasure to join you again. Yeah, there's, um, well, it's still an hour until uh, Valverde and Rakitic speak, but it's filling up some of the some of the Liverpool journalists starting to arrive, lots of Spanish people making sure they get their free coffees and Cokes at the back. <laughs> and uh, yeah, people, people generally starting to get excited for the game now. Yeah, we will come on, that, come on to that now, but hopefully our listeners have heard the podcast we did review in March about Philip Coutinho's time at the new camp. It was a brilliant listen. And towards the end of it, we did speculate that there could be a meeting between Liverpool and Barcelona in the last four and lo and behold that's exactly what we've got so how's the mood and feeling in Barcelona for this first leg yeah like you say I mean I think we did I don't think anyone wanted to really you know push their luck or say too much that's definitely going to be the semi-final but there was definitely a feeling from those two quarter-finals that Liverpool and Barcelona were the massive favourites favourites to progress so it's kind of been in the background for a while even from the quarter-final stage obviously there's lots of narratives with Suarez and Coutinho both at Liverpool and now playing for Barcelona so there's been a lot of sort of looking forward to the Liverpool game even before that Manchester United game was done and now that it's here there's there's lots of excitement around Barcelona there's the first semi-final since 2015 and they put so much emphasis on the Champions League this year that it would almost be a failure if they didn't didn't win it let alone reach the final given Messi's comments pre-season and stuff so yeah huge huge expectation going into this Liverpool game but also there's um, there's not an overconfidence I think they're aware of you know how far Liverpool have come under Klopp in the last couple of years um, the strengths of their front three they're pressing how well they've done in the Champions League this year last year they're obviously rivaling Man City for the title so there's also a little bit of um, there's a realisation that they've, they've got a game on their hands and this is certainly not going to be an easy game Yeah I certainly uh, read that real respect for Liverpool from that piece you did for ESPN earlier this week about how Valverde is maybe taking inspiration from how Pep Guardiola set up Manchester City against Liverpool this season Barcelona are the absolute masters of what they do but there does seem to be a feeling like listen we, we, we may have to accommodate we may have to change things to get the better of this Liverpool side 
Yeah, I mean, there have been examples this season when they've struggled against teams that do really press well. Uh, Real Betis are obviously a case of that. I mean, they've had the greatest season as it's turned out under Setien because they've not quite sort of managed to execute his plans in every game. And but they're they're a good example of a team that do well against good teams. And they came to they came to camp now and they pressed really high. They took the ball off Barca and Barca really struggled to get out and they lost that game four um, three. So I mean, that's the, that's the benchmark sort of from from Barca's side or what maybe Liverpool are looking at and how you can how you can beat Barca is by going toe to toe rather than sitting off. And from Liverpool, from Barca's point of view, um, they're obviously looking at how Guardiola dealt with that because City have obviously had problems with Liverpool in the past. They lost them in the Champions League and this season they've taken four points of them in the Premier League. So that's been a big thing for Guardiola to look at how how Guardiola, how City set up um, in terms of dealing with that press from Liverpool's front three and their midfield. Um, so that's been a big point of concern for Valverde this week for sure. Yeah, even the game against Manchester United, Barcelona obviously ran out comfortable winners across the two sides of the quarterfinals. But even in those first 10-15 minutes of the second leg at the, at the new camp, United did get some joy, didn't they? You know, before eventually Barcelona just took complete control. Exactly. I mean, if you look back on the sort of the 2009 to 2012 era when Barca won two Champions Leagues, you sometimes felt like it was a complete procession and that you didn't have a chance against Barca. But not just Man United. I mean, we saw with Manchester United in those first 10, 15 minutes, the Rashford hitting the woodwork, Rashford having another shot. But Barca can be got at. They can They can be... I mean, they've defended very well when they've had to this season against Real Madrid. Piquet's had a fantastic season, but they do have spells in games where maybe their concentration dips or they switch off. Um, even against Levante at the weekend when they went 1-0 they let Levante back into the game and Levante had chances and you'd be hard pushed to find a game where they haven't let teams have at least one spell of 10 minutes 5 minutes or one chance um, so yeah I mean there's going to be chances for Liverpool especially with the, with the attack that they've got well that's very encouraging but obviously Liverpool will have uh, things to concern themselves about not least uh, Lionel Messi you mentioned it Dan it seems like he's made winning the Champions League almost a, a personal mission this season yeah I mean I don't know how obviously the players and Messi himself say, you know, they don't take account what the, the media say here in Barcelona or in Madrid. Obviously, it's a huge factor that Madrid have won four of the last five Champions Leagues and the last three. And it's almost served to dilute Barca's absolute domination of the Spanish League. They've won the last four, four of the last five titles, eight in 11 years, was which they wore on their, their T-shirts after they won the title on Saturday. But that Champions League has become, even though they've won, they've won four since 2006, which is crazy when you think about how many other clubs have won, but because they haven't won it since 2015 and because of who has won it it's become an absolute obsession for them and Messi referenced that when he did a little speech pre-season on the pitch in front of the fans that he really wants to bring this beautiful trophy home this season and since then it's been like this is the one this is the one they need this year because um, it's also used as like a stick to almost beat Messi in Barcelona to say sort of you know they've not won enough considering how many years they've had Messi at his best they've wasted Messi they've wasted his best years he's only won you know they won it in, champ uh, in 2015 but before then they hadn't won it since 2011 so it's almost won in the last seven years with, with peak Messi um, so they've certainly got a score to settle with this competition on on that front is how they feel how do you stop Messi you know what if he, if he has made it his mission for Liverpool fans listening is there a way of actually curtailing him or negating his influence in his game or is he just just playing so well that it's, it's impossible if he's just at his best yeah I mean if he's at his best I guess you can't stop him and if I did know how to stop him maybe I'd be working for uh, <laughs> in Klopp's <laughs> team but, but you know I, what, I, what I would say is you know you can't really go man to man you just have to you just have to make sure you're set up well, that you defend well, that you don't allow him spaces and stuff. Um, and if you are going to go man for man, it has to sort of be, you have to almost sacrifice a play. You can't, 
what Manchester United did in the first leg was they set up with sort of a defensive left side with Dalot and Shaw both playing. Um, but that didn't didn't really work because Messi doesn't really stay on the right. I mean, when you draw out the tactics before the game, you say Messi on the right, Suarez in the middle, Dembele or Coutinho on the left. But Messi's not on the right. Messi, he's dropped into deep midfield. He dropped into the number 10 role. So if you're going to designate someone to, to stop him, you almost need to sacrifice a forward, which I can't imagine Liverpool would do, or a midfielder and basically just make sure that they stop the, the spaces that he's getting into. But even then, if he's on his game, you know, he beats one man and then he's got loads of space and it opens up again. So if he's, if he's at his best, it's very, very hard to stop him. And he often has been at his best in the Champions League this season. No, certainly has. And he's rested, isn't he, the last couple of games, even though Barcelona have sealed that title and he was the, the yeah, man to so come on and get on, the game, but he's, he's had a bit of a rest. He's been on the bench for the last two league games. Last Tuesday at Alaves and on Saturday against Levante. He came on for half an hour against Levante. Um, got the last, got the second half against. No, sorry, this came on for 30 minutes against Alaves and got the second half against Levante. Valverde said, you know, it's important to rest him, but it's also important to keep him, you know, playing some minutes so he doesn't lose all his rhythm going in, going into this massive game. Yeah, and that, that win over Levante did seal the title, as we mentioned earlier. Was it interesting, important? It was always going to happen. Was it important just to get it all done and dusted before these matches with Liverpool? Yeah, it was always going to happen, but it was really, really important to get it done on Saturday, I think, with the six-game turnaround. Six-day turnaround, sorry. So the game being on Wednesday and then the second day on Tuesday. Uh, they now have the luxury of being able to go to Sao Vigo on, on Saturday away from home, which in theory is a tricky game. Sao Vigo is struggling, but they've often given Barca problems at home. But there's, there's no pressure on that game now. They can make changes, they can rest, they can focus on the second leg against Liverpool so that was absolutely huge to, to get that done on done on Saturday because even though it's done with three games to spare if they didn't get it done on Saturday and they lost the gap would have been down to six points and then all of a sudden what do they do against Sao Vigo do they take a rest they kind of and then all of a sudden the gap's just down to three points with two games to go so it was, it was really important to get it done on Saturday even though they were they were never really going to lose it once they beat Madrid and Atletico I think both games were last month or over March and, March and April anyway So how were the celebrations did he go long into the night as we often see in Barcelona on the Ramblers or was it a bit more muted given given they've got no, this game I mean, coming up it wasn't it wasn't massively muted I mean they were they were keen to get the get the party happening on Saturday night I mean they could have delayed it or but they were keen to have the trophy delivered on Saturday, which they did have. Um, there was champagne and stuff after the game. Ivan Rakitic obviously said, you know, we've had, I've had a beer and, you know, we're going to have some more. And then they went for some food afterwards down at a club and stuff down by the beach. And there was a bit of a pie. I don't know. I'm not privy to how, how, how handy it got, how many drinks there were. Um, they had they had Sunday, Sunday off and then they were back in for training yesterday um, with all their minds fresh and on. On, on Liverpool but I'm sure that if there's any slip up tomorrow or any doubts especially if it's even Rakitic after his comment they'll be like there'll be questions in the media here should they really have been going out on Saturday night yeah he, he said he, he had a beer then he, but he wouldn't have, man, uh, wouldn't have minded a few more uh, yeah. you know you talk about Rakitic we've, you can go throughout this side and his real quality and obviously another one is, is Luis Suarez we kind of touched on him on the podcast we did in March uh, but how's he been playing since then you know is he still uh, one of the main men for Barcelona yeah, he's the main man. I mean, him and he's... I can't remember what point we spoke about before, but he had a couple of huge performances where he scored important late goals in the 4 all draw against Villarreal. And then the 2-0 win at home to Atletico, he yeah. scored the opening goal in the 85th minute. And both goals were, were so good. Um, well, and I think as we touched on, the funny thing with Suarez is in both those games, you were sort of thinking, what's he, what's he doing? He's not having a great game. His touch is a bit off. But then he pops up with, with those goals. Um, so you can never take him off. You have to leave him on because he's... As um, as Valverde regularly says, you know, he's a guarantee for goals. He's gonna he's gonna pop up at some point sooner or later. Um, 
And yeah, he's also so important in terms of what he means for Messi and the team and what he means for the for the rest of the strikers, leading by example with, as you all know, that attitude he has, that never see die attitude. He fights as hard, if not harder, than any other Barcelona player. He chases down lost causes and he's just so important to the Barcelona side, even when he's, even when he's not um, in top form. And it'd be really interesting to see, you know, he, he generally has an affection for Liverpool, that's clear, but we all know what he's like as a player. He, he certainly won't have any mixed emotions, really, on Wednesday night. No, you can't imagine. You know what Suarez is like as a person. He'd be, he'd be absolutely focused on doing his best for Barcelona as much as he has admiration and respect for Liverpool and how, how much he enjoyed his time. Though. I don't think he's going to be one for, uh, for a quiet celebration if he scores. No. Especially considering he's not um, managed the Champions League goal this season, even though he's still trying to claim that Man United one. Oh, that's a, that's a bad omen, actually, isn't it? <laughs> Let's hope it's given before the game. Uh, but just one quick one on Philippe Coutinho, given the fact that we went in so in depth uh, in March about what a tough time he was having. But since then, he scored that goal against United. I think he scored another another goal in the league. Have things improved a little for him? Um, they've improved a little bit. I mean, that goal against United was. I mean, things got worse before they got better. Even yeah. though, so that goal against United came and he um, celebrated in front of the fans by putting his uh, fingers in his ears as if to say like you know I don't listen to you I'm not listening to the criticism um, and then he was then whistled when he came off the bench in the next game against Real Sociedad for that celebration they didn't like that um, but then some people the the more the louder the sort of singing hardcore fans that sit behind one of the goals did start chanting his name in that game and it was kind of like a turning point they've got the whistles out of the way and his performances have been better since then he was received well against Levante on Saturday he played really well in the first half um just lacking in front of goal he had some good chances I think he had five shots in the first half he hit the bar with a free kick all his shots were on target but they were a bit tame so he didn't quite score and then he was the one that was taken off at half time for Messi which could be an indicator that he's going to get the nod uh, tomorrow night instead of Dembele yeah what do you make of that if Coutinho did get the nod uh, over Dembele because I know you were extolling the virtues of him before he got injured in, in the last podcast I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's the, the easiest, easier decision for Valverde to make at this stage because Dembele came back from injury for the second leg against Man United but was left on the bench and did come on. And since then, he's played a couple of league games, but he's such an explosive player that, you know, he needs a few games to sort of get going to find his rhythm. And he's when he's on a run, he's really good, but he's, since he's come back from his injury, he's not really had that moment yet. I mean, there's been there's been some good runs. And he's set up a couple of goals, but he's not quite at the Usman Dembele that he was pre-injury, which is normal, as Valverde says. You know, it takes a few games after any injury to recover but I think just because of where he is at the moment and with the fact Coutinho has been a bit more confident in recent weeks scored that goal against Manchester United and also the emotional factor of playing against Liverpool um, I think it will probably be Coutinho just one final one. Where do you think this match will be won and lost? We've talked about the different styles, you know, how both teams respect each other. Where do you think this first leg in particular before we get to back to Anfield, where do you think this could be uh, decided? It's so difficult this tie because the Manchester United tie, I had no doubt that Barca would win both games. The games didn't quite develop as I thought they would. Manchester United gave them not more problems at Old Trafford because I don't think they had a shot on target, but they had a lot more of the ball and they were in the they were in the final third a lot more and it wasn't quite as comfortable, even though there was a sensation. Barca sort of sat back and were happy with the 1-0. Whereas with this Liverpool game, I just think it's so, so difficult to call. I think the... The obvious key and the only key is Lionel Messi because I think if he plays well then, then Barca are probably the favourites but with, if you take Messi out of the scenario or if Messi plays badly then I think Liverpool as a collective are perhaps possibly a bit better than Barca at the moment um, 
I guess tomorrow's game is important for Barca to keep a clean sheet and it's going to be difficult for Barca to see how they manage it because they've, they're used to having their first leg away from home and then coming back home knowing what they need to do so it's difficult to know what they do if they're leading 1-0 if they focus on maybe trying to get a second goal to boost their advantage or if they focus more on trying to keep the keep the away, away goal out um, so I think the key is going to be messy but in terms of the game Tomorrow, like I said, I mean, this is coming from what Valverde's planning for. The key is how Barca also deal with Liverpool's pressing. I'm sure for a big Champions League night, they're going to be absolutely straight out of the blocks as they were against Huddersfield. And we saw that the pressing led to a goal so quickly. Um, so the key is going to be, yeah, how PK, Lengler, Arthur, and how Barca are in, in possession. Because it's not the Barca of 2012 where they're able to sort of withstand any pressure. Um, so that's going to be a big key as well. Sam, you've really whetted the appetite even more for this match. Uh, thanks very much for joining us on this podcast. I know this. Hopefully you can get back uh, back on another podcast next week when you're over in Liverpool for the second leg. But enjoy the press conference and enjoy the game, mate. Thanks, Paul. Speak to you soon. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.